Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Learning Unlocked podcast, presented by Open Sesame. Taking a deep dive into the global world of learning and development with practical tips and tricks, along with insights from leading brands and the people that make them work. This is Learning Unlocked. Now, here's your host, Brian Berger. My guest is Mike Vini. He is the CEO of Mike Vini Inc. He's a certified corporate wellness specialist. He's the co-host of his own podcast, Better Mental, which is a new podcast devoted to mental health for small business owners. It's now streaming on all major platforms. His best-selling book, Transforming Stigma, How to Become a Mental Wellness Superhero, and the Transforming Stigma Workbook have been valuable mental health resources for people of all ages. Mike's mission is to help others receive the gift of emotional wellness. You can learn more about him at Mike vini.com that's v-e-n-y mike thanks so much for joining me on the learning unlock podcast how are you good thank you for having me and hello to your listeners so i want to start with your personal story of when you were young because it seems like after reading your website and your bio there's a reason you got into this line of work maybe share with us your story of your childhood some of the challenges you had and what may have led to the line of work that you're in today? Well, thank you for asking about that. My childhood was full of mental health challenges. That's what I remember most about my childhood. And for many kids that manifests as behavior problems, these behavior problems led to me getting expelled from three schools, hospitalized in a mental hospital three times, uh, several suicide attempts starting at age 10, actually, to be honest with you, uh, lots of self-harm. And I was really struggling with mental health um, in, in the worst possible way. And it wasn't until my young adulthood that things turned around. And as I became an adult, one of the things that I, I said to myself is that, you know, I know what it's like to suffer and be at your worst, but I also know what it's like to be at your best. So I wanted to do everything that I could to help people who might be suffering out there and give them tools and give them hope. Yeah, I mean that's just amazing. And and what an experience that you had. What age would you say you said young adult? What age would you say that things started to kind of turn around for you and was there a person that maybe took you under their wing and took special interest and said, "Let's get you on the right road?" Great question. I don't think it was a a person. I mean, maybe it was my mother in a sense because I had been expelled from three schools and no school wanted me, and I I personally thought I was going to get to quit school. But uh, she actually asked me a very important question. She asked me, what would make you happy? And no one had ever asked me that before. 
And I told her the only thing that would make me happy is playing drums. I love playing drums. So she actually went out of her way to find a performing arts high school for me where I could play drums most of the day. And that evolved actually into a career of being a drummer and giving me something that grounded me at Mm. the same time. So it was like, this is how I make my money. And it grounds me at the same time. Fast forward to today, part of what I do in my company is actually corporate drumming for continuing education around diversity. I get to bring drums into the workplace and drum with people. It's so much fun. Wait, so I need to hear more about that. What does that look like specifically? Well, basically, you know, we have trouble as humans, adult humans, I should say, playing well in the sandbox in case you haven't noticed in this world. Yeah, no kidding. And sometimes, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's every area of life this exists. And so one of the things that I learned about myself was that mental health challenges and people challenges go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. So it's important to address relationship issues with other people as you address your mental health. And so one of the workshops that we do is a corporate drumming workshop called Unleash Your Groove, where a lot of times uh, maybe for a leadership retreat or a staff team building event, I'll come in with, I don't know, anywhere from 10 to 50 drums, have everybody in a circle, and we actually play some games that are really fun, but allow the group to teach themselves why certain things worked and why certain things didn't work. So it's a very experiential workshop, really fun, and it makes lots of noise. That's awesome. What a clever idea. When do you think the narrative around mental health started to change? Because it's obviously being discussed more and more now, especially the importance of mental health in the workplace. And it used to be you know, when I was younger, you just have to keep your mouth shut and fight through it and, you know, grind your teeth and, and figure it out. Now there's resources and there's people like you out there who are helping people. But when did that narrative start to change? You know, I, I think it's been evolving. It's been evolving over the past decade, let's say. And the pandemic really pushed it over the edge where we realized we had to face it because people were really struggling and it was all out on the table. And the reality is this, though, even though we're talking about it more than ever before, many people are still not getting the help they need because there's a stigma attached to it. So it's like in one sense, it's the most popular subject and the most taboo at the exact same time. And so workplaces are starting to talk about it more, which is really, really good. And I think that's going to help not just the people that work for different companies, but also the companies to be more profitable. Stress, exhaustion, and burnout. I've heard you talk about these on your podcast, which we'll get to in a minute. But those seem to be big red flags in the workplace these days. How are you helping people manage those things? Well, one of the things that I was able to come across in my own journey were different tools to handle stress. Because for me, If I get stressed out, it's not just a normal person getting stressed. I'm at risk of spiraling downward and going into the mental hospital. So I have to really be extra vigilant about managing my stress. So I learned a lot of different tools and I've shared them with companies through the years and gotten some great results with different companies that I've worked with. And basically what I have been doing is putting these into a digestible form in the courses that I create and in the presentations that I give for people. Stress is your body's response to stimuli. You know, from the moment you wake up 
different things happen to you. Maybe you get that text message. Maybe you saw something on Facebook. Maybe your kid comes to you and tells you something. We have all these things coming at us and our body responds to that with, with stress. And if you don't manage that, you get to this point where you're tired all the time. That's called exhaustion. And if you don't deal with that exhaustion, you get to a point where you can't function and that's called burnout. And what's really interesting about this conversation is that some people listening might not identify with the term mental health or mental health challenges, but everyone can identify with stress. Yeah. And it's interesting how stress leads to exhaustion, which leads to burnout. That's, that's an interesting kind of chain of events that you outline there. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because sometimes we throw out those terms. Like, you know, I might ask you, Hey, how are you doing? You say I'm exhausted, you know, and, and in, you're really not exhausted. Maybe you're just stressed out. So it's important to understand when we communicate what's going on with people, whether it's stress, exhaustion, or burnout. More of Learning Unlocked is coming up after this. Diversity, equity, and inclusion continues to be a top priority for businesses everywhere. Open Sesame has created a survey that will give you insight into where your organization stands on diversity. Aside from being educational, this survey is a powerful tool to help you understand areas of improvement and spark conversations about strategies for creating a more inclusive and equitable workplace. After you take the short survey, you'll get access to Open Sesame's DEI Toolkit, an online hub where you can find additional resources. Visit OpenSesame.com today to start your survey. Back to Learning Unlocked. Here's Brian Berger. I saw on one of your websites, what is it, 76% of all employees experience some sort of mental health challenge. What can organizations do to help employees? And, and whose role is it? Is it HR? Is it learning and development? Is it the CEO? Whose role is it in an organization to help their employees with mental health challenges? In my opinion, it's everyone's role. This is a community thing. It's everyone's role. It's not just solely on a company. It's not solely on employees. But the reality is this. Employees spend one-third of their time at work. So it's really important to have tools in place to help someone who might be suffering. One of the things that companies can start doing is, number one, just commit to investing in learning more about mental wellness in the workplace. That's a very simple thing. I mean, this could be investing in books to share with your uh, executive uh, C-suite team about mental wellness to see how you get programs started, um, educating yourself through different courses that are available, and ultimately surveying employees to see what matters to them and what's on their hearts. Because truth be told, you might have one organization where people are experiencing a certain type of stress, but another one where they're experiencing a totally different type of stress. It might vary depending on the region of an office. So it's really important to use this as an opportunity to get to really hear what's on your employees' minds and on their hearts. I would imagine in the last two years with the pandemic, so many people have been working remotely and you can literally yes. see into people's homes and you can see their kids <laughs> running around or their dog or cat running around. Like you, you literally see their home setup. So we're seeing firsthand kind of the, the stressors in a person's life in their own home as they're trying to work. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. And what what have I heard? That it's not that we're working remotely, we're living at work. That's <laughs> the term that I've heard. And Boy, you know, true. what's really interesting about that is that brings up a whole new set of challenges because, you know, for some people, they're not comfortable being on camera. And this has brought up a whole new diversity, equity, and inclusion issue. Because let's just say you and I work for a company and maybe I feel embarrassed about my home because of how it looks. Hmm. Um, I don't want you to see that because we work together. We want to present our best selves at work, right? And so that leads to a whole diversity, equity, and inclusion discussion around how we do these remote meetings in a way that's accessible uh, for everyone and honors everyone's needs. So how do you do that if someone's living in a in a you know apartment and you know they don't have the means to have a decent backdrop or whatever and they don't want to be on camera how do you deal with that Well I actually address this in my course and one of the things that I remind managers and supervisors who are trying to better understand their employees and be able to support them when they're struggling is investing the time in really getting to know each of the people that you work with. I mean, how many times are we just rushing through emails and, you know, going just from one thing to the next, but taking the time to really get to know the person? Because when you start to get to know someone, you'll be able to better identify when they're struggling and get them the help that they need. So when you start doing that, you'll learn who's an introvert, who's an extrovert, who would prefer not to be on camera, who loves being on camera, all that stuff. You bring up such an interesting point with introverts because, you know, I heard even before the pandemic, there were some introverts that just hated working in cube spaces, right? They're just kind of out there. You can hear their conversations. They felt like they were on display. And again, now people are seeing into your home and they're seeing your personal life. So How are introverts dealing with their mental health during all of this? Well, you're talking to an introvert right now. So, you know, I I think whether it's introverts or extroverts, people are just learning about themselves more because we've been forced to. That's been the gift of this pandemic. It forced all of us to kind of slow down, pause and think. I know many introverts that were starting to tell me, as we were, uh, you know, several months into 2020, hey, I, I can't wait to go out and see people. That was kind of strange to hear from some of my introvert friends. And some of the extroverts were saying, you know, I kind of like this slowing down thing right. and being by myself. So I think this has served as a great opportunity to learn about yourself. And that's why we are having this mental health discussion, too. Interesting. DE&I, you just brought it up. I'll ask the same question that I asked about mental health. Whose responsibility is it within an organization to champion DE&I? Because people I've talked to on this podcast, it kind of varies, but it usually has some answer with it starts at the top and it's got to become part of the culture of the organization. Would you agree with that? Yes. And I also agree that it's everyone's responsibility. And I want to say something about DE&I because you know what? There are a lot of people who might be listening to this who might be rolling their eyes thinking, okay, here we got to talk about DE&I again. And even as someone who does work in it myself, sometimes I roll my eyes when I hear the term. So I want to clarify something here. One of the main reasons we're having this discussion is because people need to feel like they belong. That's an innate human quality that we all have. We want to feel 
like we belong. When we feel like we belong, we do better work. We show up better for our loved ones. We feel better mentally and emotionally. So it's really important to have these discussions to understand areas of your business where people are really struggling to feel like they belong. And that's why we're having this conversation right now around DE&I. But it also relates to mental health because when we talk about the subject, as you all know, there are different groups that have been affected during the pandemic by different things that have happened in society. For example, people of color, like myself, there was a lot of different issues around social justice. And for many people of color in the workplace, they are now struggling with their own mental health just around that, in addition to just trying to do work or any other mental health challenges they might have had prior to 2020. So it's important that we actually start weaving this DE&I conversation in with the whole mental wellness conversation, because it's all about, at the end of the day, it's just about making sure that people feel like they belong and that they're the best person that they can be when they work and when they live life. No, that's exactly right. More of Learning Unlocked is coming up after this. Open Sesame helps companies develop the world's most productive and admired workforces. How? By having the most comprehensive catalog of e-learning courses from the world's top publishers, publishers like TED and Harvard. And having courses that cover learning topics like diversity, equity, and inclusion, leadership development, safety and compliance, and wellness. Try a course for free today by visiting opensesame.com backslash course of the week. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back to Learning Unlocked. Here's Brian Berger. I want to ask you about the great resignation because that's a thing now too. A lot of people have taken the last year and a half, two years, taken inventory of their life and they've said, you know what? Maybe I don't need corporate world or maybe I don't need the 80 hour a week job. Maybe I want to spend more time with my family. Where does mental health and wellness fit into the great resignation and and people kind of deciding I want to chart my own path and take care of myself? Wow. It goes back to self-discovery. You know, this time has given us an opportunity to discover ourselves. And some people have discovered that the place where they were working, that they they were glued to, they might have been attached to their whole life, that job. They realized, no, that's not the thing for me anymore. Peace out. This is also, though, an opportunity for organizations to take a better inventory, a more thorough inventory of the work environment. If you have a toxic work environment, I don't care what kind of mental health protocols you put in place, what kind of EAP program you have, you've got a problem that's going to lead eventually to people leaving your organization. Mm -hmm. And it's really important that organizations get honest about that. Is it toxic or is it healthy? start being honest about that. So that's the gift of this great resignation that I hope companies take advantage of. All right. We've got a few minutes left. Let's talk about your podcast, Better Mental. Why did you decide to start a podcast? You just told me you're an introvert. You don't 
quite come across as an introvert on the podcast. I think you have a great personality and you and your co-host do a great job, but tell us why you decided to start a podcast. Well, you know, I do a lot of work, as you know, with mental health in the workplace. Right. And I work with a lot of Fortune 500 companies. That's great. But, you know, I'm self-employed and I know what it's like to run your own business, your own small little business and deal with your own mental health at the same time. There's a lot of different dynamics involved in that. So my co-host and I, we met several years ago and realized that we just had a similar vision to help people who are running their own business, uh, self-employed, or even now today's remote workers who basically are like self-employed people, how do you navigate your mental health and all of that at the same time? So this was a great opportunity to share some of the tools that we've learned uh, through the years, bring on some different guests, and we're just really excited. We're having a lot of fun. And the cool thing about this show, we actually do, I'm going to say about 90% of the episodes, we are actually live in a room together. We, we try to avoid doing the whole, like, you know, let's do it remotely. And the cool thing is that you get, like, the real, like, in-person conversation that we're having. Yeah, I like doing conversations in person, too, because you can see body language. You can see facial expressions. It's just a different dynamic than what we're doing right now on the phone or Zoom. I, I like in person a lot better. Yeah, me too. With you. So as far as uh, your podcast how often are you going to do your episodes? Uh, you know, what are some topics that you might be tackling down the road? Well, as of now, we're going to do one episode a month. And this season is all about stress right now. We're talking about stress. We're talking about different ways to manage your stress. There's an episode on exhaustion coming out, episode on burnout. And all of these contain different tools to help you diagnose your own situation, see how you're doing, and, and hopefully get yourself to a mentally healthier place. Down the road, we plan on addressing more issues about working with other people, working with clients, uh, dealing with uh, family members when you're self-employed and you still have to get stuff done and you've got kids in the house who need things and a spouse that needs this. So these are some of the things that we're going to start to really, really dig into and get really honest about so we can help people and, and help ourselves in the process too, hopefully. Yeah, no, I look forward to listening. You have given very captivating presentations in front of companies such as Microsoft, CVS, T-Mobile, Heineken, Salesforce, the Wounded Warrior Project. When you're preparing to speak publicly, what's that process look like? Because I know there's a lot of people who have anxiety around public speaking. Wow. Um, I love that you asked this. I have anxiety. I have been hospitalized because of my anxiety. I know what that's like. And yes, presenting in front of people, even virtually, can bring on a lot of anxiety. The big thing that I do in my preparation is I connect with my why. So when I uh, deliver a course, when I deliver a presentation, when I'm talking on this podcast right now, one thing that's going on in each of those scenarios is this. I'm thinking about my company's mission to support people in discovering the gift of emotional wellness. So if one person listening to this decides to go to therapy from this podcast episode, I've done my job. And that's what I stay focused on. And you'd be surprised when you get clear about your why, all the other stuff around the fear of being in front of people kind of just 
disappears into the background. Hmm. So that's kind of how I prepare. Mike Vini, the CEO of Mike Vini Inc., certified corporate wellness specialist, dynamic speaker, co-host of Better Mental, a new podcast devoted to mental health for small business owners, also author of Transforming Stigma, How to Become a Mental Wellness Superhero, and the Transforming Stigma Workbook. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. I love your story. I think you have some great advice for people listening and who want to deal with their mental health better. And uh, I just appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Learning Unlocked, presented by Open Sesame. Download this and every episode on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learning Unlocked is produced by Griggs Productions.